Okay, welcome, welcome to um, just bringing it in, bringing it in. Zakshosh. No, Shoshosh. Um, do you want to come? Do you, Zach, do you want to, do you want to come sit over here? So like we can, like you don't feel excluded or something. That's better. That's better. When you so so now, May, Yesterday we explored this idea, which was, I hope for many helpful. It wouldn't have been helpful for you because you weren't there. You weren't there because you were busy. But it's probably helpful for the other people who were here. Luckily for you, we're just going to recap a drop. If you, if, you, if you mind. You do mind. No. <laughs> Swarming up. <laughs> we discussed this idea. And the idea was that there's something called guilt and something called regret. And guilt is when I relate to an event in the past and I use it to define the present and by implication, the future. The root of guilt is based on a sense of self which feels internally fundamentally lacking and requires actions and output to gain validation, what we'd call in the modern parlance, self-esteem. In the world of self-esteem, the nature of my engagement in the world is to use the experience that I undergo to validate my sense of self, to gain the worth I need to live. This sets up a yo-yo kind of life where things are always in flex and my sense of self is always under question. It charges events because I'm measuring myself by what I do and how people respond to me. In that world, if I do something wrong, it's not that there's something wrong that I've done, it's a catastrophe. The reason why it's a catastrophe is because since my sense of self is assembled by the things I do and the reactions I get, when the things I do and the reactions I've got have been negative and destructive, that is me and I have nowhere to escape and nowhere to go, which will of course lead to guilt and self-deprecation, which will lead to inactivity and wallowing. There's a whole new world. There's a whole new world. There's a world of self-worth that my internal being is worthy. Within, I'm worthy because I'm worthy, because I carry within me an infinite component, a deep inner self that is... One second. Whoa. How can you be in two places at once? No, 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 no. My line, is it? Yeah. Don't worry, there'll be a, there'll be a part two. We'll, we'll get back at it. Don't worry. This is, I hear the challenge now. So, 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 <laughs> so the worth, the worth, the worth. There's a world of worth, which means I'm worthy because I'm worthy. I have within me an unbreakable, rich resource of kindness, compassion, wisdom, integrity, authenticity. And that's what makes me worthy. It's blocked sometimes. It doesn't come out in the way I expected it to, to. When that happens, I realize the disparate nature of what I did and who I am. And I feel pain and regret. It spurs me to become different in the future. Is that an apt summary of what occurred? Do you get that? Okay. So self-worth is, is linked 
to regret, which is linked to change and reworking my life. It's liberating. It's expansive. Guilt is linked to wallowing, a lack of change, feeling trapped, and that's in the world of self-esteem where I'm looking for external approbation to bolster, prop up my sense of self. In light of that, we had a question. Would you like to articulate your question again so we can deal with it? Emmanuel. Yeah, sure. I was just going to say that surely there are times when it's appropriate to be Please don't call me Shirley. Sorry. Works every time. It is so good. There must be times when it's appropriate for you to feel affected by guilt or affected by peripheral emotions. There must be times, just take them one at a time, there must be times, the question is, there must be times when it's appropriate to feel guilt. Really? What is the premise of your question? Why must there? Why must there? There must be. Who said there must be? That was my, I, oh, that wasn't your question. Yeah, no, so, would you like to ask the question no, you wanted no, to ask? You just ask your the question. Yeah, yeah, What's the average wingspan of a swallow? Let's ask that. Yeah. Come on. Once we're asking questions, let's ask why do I have a black plastic bag in my pocket? Why? 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 The reason is because if I get caught in the rain, it will act as a shower cap. Ah, you may say, we're in the middle of the summer. It's not raining. It's not raining. The answer is, it will act as a prop in a shear that I can pull out of my pocket and use it to say that I could use a shower cap in the rain. But even if it were to be raining? Even if it were to be raining? Okay. Go on, you man. I can't hear you. Go on. Say your question! Can't see you. Go on, go on. Iman, just ask your question. Get serious! Hello. Yes, so you're saying it's only you, it's only me that can feel embarrassed, me that can feel good. Oh, great. So, yes, we said, we had the way to you go, you go on, I'll go on, you go on, let's go on. Okay, here we go. Yesterday we said the following thing. Yesterday we said the following thing. When I say we, I mean Emmanuel. I'm joking, it was me. I said the following thing. I said that nothing, nothing is inherently imperative. Meaning, let's say you came up to me and you said, Eh, gringo! <laughs> keep on going, keep on going. What would you say? What would you say? Go on, you can do it. Hey, gringo. <laughs> you got a bag on your face. <laughs> right. So he goes over to me and says, Hey, gringo, you got a bag on your face. I say to him, yeah, You wear a white shirt. Doesn't work. Because he says I've got a bag in my face, does that have to create an offense. So watch this. Watch this. And this was the point, right? The point was, if I take off the bag, now say the same insult again. Does that make sense? You don't have it. But, let, but let's say you say it, Tommy. Say, say it. Okay, you got, you got the bag on No, no, with the whole thing. Like, not just... <laughs> <laughs> hey, gringo! You got the bag on your face. <laughs> okay, now... If I had a bag on my face, 
if I had a bag on my face and I knew I had a bag on my face, and having a bag on my face would be a sign of something bad, so then I would be offended. If I had no bag on my face, so I'd say, but I don't have a bag on my face, so I wouldn't be offended. Now, let's try to rank this up. Tommy, insult me. <laughs> you know you want to do it. Just like say, <laughs> you can do it. We, like, we preferred you with a bag on your head. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy's saying he preferred me with a bag on my head. Now, I don't know if he's directly referring to my lack of follicle pollution. I don't know if he means to say that the fact that I, not like you, can screen movies on Saturday nights upon my forehead in the dark. Big wide screen. But let's say, let's say, this is how it works. I actually embrace, embrace my baldness. I have a bumper sticker on my car which says, many heads were created perfect and the others God covered with hair. <laughs> so let's say, let's say I'm, I'm, in that, I'm in that zone. So when he says to me, oh, we prefer you with a bag on your head, so I say, child. But what would be, what would be if I would have been a little bit embarrassed about the fact that my hairline is a distant memory? <laughs> what would be if I would be affected by the fact that my face is rotund as it is? And the baldness makes it more intensely round. What would be if I recognized without hair, my already dodgy features are more pronounced? And then he came and said to me, huh, we prefer to the back on that. I said, oh, I hate you, I hate you. The only reason I would have reacted to that is because internally I felt bad about it. No one can make you feel something you don't already feel. If you feel it, they can awaken it. They can't create it. So can anyone ever offend you? Absolutely not. They can only make you conscious and aware of a feeling you have about yourself. In the world of self-worth, when if we reach the level of recognizing that Our internal worth is a defining quality of everything about us and our actions are merely attempts to be the best we can. If we fail, we'll fix up. If we succeed, we'll try to get better. But the fact that I fail isn't a deprecating derogatory comment about me. It just means use it better. When I respond to my talents as I do to the other things, my other Resources. For example, one of the resources I possess is a car. Imagine if I'd be driving along the highway in a not, not Middle Eastern country. Because if you're in a Middle Eastern country when you're driving along the highway and multiple, multiple people are hooting and honking at you, it's just like, just go with it, mate. It's the way it goes. It's like it's the language of the street. But in a country where honking is not a means of communication, it's a sign of danger. And I'm on the highway, and someone goes, doot, doot, doot. They roll down the window, and they say, your left indicator isn't working. So how would you respond to that, Iman? Thanks, bro. Thanks, bro. Why wouldn't you respond? Ah! My left indicator's not working. Look at your windscreen. 
Why wouldn't you respond that way? Because if there's something that's not working, it's good to have it pointed out because you can fix it. So what happens when I say to you, no, you man, I don't like the way you spoke to that person. What are you going to say to me? I'd probably say, oh, I don't care, but I should say, oh, thank you so much. I will not speak to that person like that next time. Wouldn't that be liberating? Wouldn't be liberating? Be open to criticism. When you're open to criticism, you're open to change. When you're open to change, your life becomes different. Imagine if I could be a different me every single day. How exciting that would be. Like, there's no limit. Imagine, like, every day you wake up and it's like not same old, same old, same old, same old. One of the best ways of doing it I've found is by losing hair. <laughs> every day you wake up, you've got a different forehead. The whole landscape changes. <laughs> Shema Yahu. What, what about the things that you can't change? Even when it's Give me an example of something you can't change. A balding head, right. So I, I can... In other words, there's certain structures which are unchangeable. And if a person insults me for balding, so since it's not good or bad, it just is. It's not good or bad, it just is. The fact that I've got biggish ears getting bigger, it's not good or bad, it just is. It's all the better to hear you with. <laughs> The fact that, the fact, the fact that I, those are just realities. So the altar of Kalm says this, 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 this powerful line. He says something which is imperative is not good or bad. It just is, which gives us a license to embrace everything about ourselves that's not ideal, because since the nature of human endeavor. Is to strive to become better, it means we need to have a part of us which is worse. If we are created with no dark, deep recesses of hidden murkiness and ugly stuff, our lives would be pointless and we'd be angelic figures playing out a role with no choice. The fact that we have stuff inside is not good or bad, it's a must to be the thing that we need to be. So how should I feel about the fact that I have greed, that I have avarice, that I have hatred? I should feel interested and figure out how those things are blocking my internal greatness from being expressed. But I don't get hit up about them. It's all about expressing. But the forehead is physical. Sorry? Come, speak, hang on. Keep on going about my board here. Okay. Come, we haven't spoken about enough. No, no, no. Oh, Mr. No, no. Mr. Follicle, fertile ground. No, you say you say your forehead, right? But let's yeah. say we've, we've we've passed that, and now I can say I've to you, passed, no, I, I can say to you something even deeper. Like your 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 Musa teaching is not beneficial. It's actually insults a lot of people here and it can it can it can it can degrade a lot of people and it's damage to some people here how would that make you you know great perfect example perfect example perfect example so so let's say you kind of say your teaching style your content and your way of delivery is harmful offensive and not productive so now in the world of self-worth, I'll say, thank you. Thank you. I mistakenly thought that this would be an effective means of communicating a message. And now that you point it out to me, 
It really makes me rethink it. Wow. Because you, I've given this tool, and if I'm misusing it, I want, I want to fix it up. You've told my indicator isn't working, well, let me fix it up. As opposed to, if my self-esteem rests on giving a good share, and if it's not good, and everyone says, yeah, it's yeah, boring, and that was meaningless, so then my self-esteem is crushed. And then you say it to me, I go, what do you mean? This is the best show in the world! It's people like you! <laughs> you with me? Daniel, what do you have to say to this? You're a little bit shell-shocked, eh? I agree. Good. Good. It's very hard to internalize. It's very hard to internalize. Correct. Okay. Are we? Are we on? Yes, Jay. Um, what we saying, like, it's, it resonates. Like, right. It's yes. Sort of like, it, it, it's true and stuff. Then have you actually fully actualized that to your lives? Like, I, I struggle to like in my lows and actually like say to myself like I feel offended or when I feel these things like okay I can switch that but it's so hard. To so hard. It's hard to actually in other words to know to know the idea. <laughs> Easy. Simple to explain, and also it's like intuitive and it resonates. But actually, in the moment when someone says something to me, my first reaction is often I get offended. Okay, so good. I have the question, Avram. How do you how do you suppress your ego? Because I guess that it comes from the ego when you get angry um, about. So, so, okay, I, I I don't like using words like ego, and the reason why I don't like using words like ego is because it's too generic. It doesn't have a specific reference. So, you're right. There's something that blocks it. So how do I stop the blockages from occurring? Right. Good. Good. Um, Last one for today. You have a quota. Go on. How do you identify where the source of the emotion is coming from? Sometimes if you feel anger, you might be like, okay, this this really isn't me. Mm. Okay, so this is this is a great point, and there's there's kind of two ways of dealing with this. Um, the w- one way would be going back deep into myself and to my parts and to my childhood experiences, and trying to discover events, patterns of behavior that wired my emotional responses in a particular way. So, for example, if as, as a young child, I was um, traumatized by the fact that I was often left alone by myself, feeling unsafe and insecure. Now, as an adult, I may have internalized that as a fear of being left behind. And then what happens is, what happens is that I'm on a tour and there's a big kind of rush towards a bus and I almost get left behind. So that's going to trigger something inside of me. I get onto the bus and I become furious. How could you have left me behind? What are you doing? Another person that didn't have that trauma would say, oh guys, you almost forgot me behind. Be calm. So when we have a map of response, that's kind of the trigger. So that's a, it's called a trailhead. It's an invitation to seek why would I respond to this when many other people would respond so differently. So that's one way of doing it. The one way is kind of a deep introspection going back to, to, to root causes of my behavioral patterns. Another way of dealing with it 
because there's a certain amount of uncertainty when you go back to, you know, to childhood events. Was it? Wasn't it? There is an element of ambiguity. Another way it could be is instead of addressing the past, addressing the present. I see I'm responding in this way. I see that the response is destructive. How can I broker with myself different ways of internalizing? So one particular method that I've used for myself is an internal dialogue. An internal dialogue. Learning how to engage in the conversation with myself. And the internal dialogue is very different. I think we all... You'll, you'll correct me if I'm, I'm wrong over here. I think we all engage in some level of self-talk, meaning there's, there's, there's this talking in, not like psychotic voices, Khalila, but there's, 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 the way we experience thoughts is almost as voices. The, the famous one is the inner critic. Very, very many people are acquainted with the inner critic. A kind of a voice inside your head that when, once you've done something, says things like, Oh, you already you messed that up, or you know they really don't like you. Why did you say those words? Or you could have done so much better, and just like incessantly, just kind of points out all your failings. So that's a talk that's going on inside of your head. How do you create a healthy inner dialogue, and who should be talking to whom? So I think that that's an important question. I think that's a question we need to explore. I don't want to start exploring it yet, Mayor. What was your question? So in other words, that's a great point. Often, I know when I'm hungry, it's much harder for me to function. I think hunger, exhaustion, having a series of events which fray your nerves, all of those kind of stimuli create a um, compromised self-mastery. So really the question is how do we, how do we develop self-mastery even in trying situations? How do we train ourselves for that? Correct. Good. Good. Any other questions? So I, I think we're going to perhaps stop here. Just to recap a little bit what we dealt with in today's session. We spoke about the idea of guilt and regret being linked to how we view ourselves and starting to embrace more and more this concept of self-worth as opposed to the concept of self-esteem, recognizing that our worth is intrinsic and the point in life is to stop the external obstructions from blocking our inner greatness and that struggle makes our life valuable and viable. Without it, we'd be instinctive and robotic and not very relevant in terms of living at all. And then, of course... Great, easy to say, hard to incorporate. We're going to now start exploring how do we actually inculcate and incorporate that. Yes, Ben. I've got a comment about that. Um, so the inner critic, the ones that tells you you're not good enough, I've, I started doing this thing when I'm like being aware of who's talking to who. And um, I found it really helpful. So every time I have a critic, a critical voice in my head, I'm saying, right, who needs who? Do I need you or do you need me? Good. So let's, let's, let's leave that as a suggestion and we'll explore it further in our next session. Thank you for coming.